0: Hey, you. Yes, sir, ma'am. Stop what you're doing. Because right now, you need to be listening to Business SOS. Yep, Business Stories of Success, where we interview successful business owners for successful business owners. How do they make it happen? How do they keep it going? Join us, your host and business advisor, Mark A. Hello, hello, hello. You're with Mark Adams at Next Level Business Advisors. And today I'm joined by Julie geske pair I got it right, didn't I?
1: Yes, you did, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh,
0: I wanted to first, before we get all into our meat and potatoes, just thank you for agreeing to reschedule. Ida hit my office hard. And if you ever watch any of my podcasts, you know this is not his normal spot. He's working out of his basement. Fuji's called it the booger basement. I always wanted to say that. I'm in the booger basement. But anyway, uh, <laughs> we're here. We're grateful for the reschedule. I'm looking forward to having this conversation.
1: Awesome. So, Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, Mark. Oh, it's and I was pleasure. happy to reschedule. I understand. I can't imagine not having your office. So
0: Yeah, I feel like a displaced fish. But, you know, <laughs> but like I said, you know, it's time to be a big boy. So I'm, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be all right. Everybody, I'm going to be all right. So uh, let's see here. Before we get into some of the details, let's just talk about high level. Julie is with Peer Performance Solutions.
1: That's correct. And
0: she has a coaching business. She's going to give us a little bit more about it. In fact, I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to let you talk. Tell us about your business and what you do and the role you play in it.
1: Awesome. So Peer Performance Solutions, I started the business back in 2014 after I left my last full-time employment gig. Um, prior to that, I was a leader in a number of different organizations where I had been in either consulting and research firms. Um, so I had that consulting background already working with different clients across the globe. And then uh, my last full-time gig right before starting my business full-time was at the University of Minnesota Foundation where I led the operational side um, supporting the major gift fundraising around the university so across the 26 degree granting and non-degree granting units there so um, a lot of consulting and and client service there but with internal clients so I've worked mm-hmm. with you know external and internal clients. Uh, the last two full-time gigs that I had I was hired to Um, Try to repair some things in some teams. So then when I launched my business in 2014, I really like that repair thing. And so my business I launched with the idea of helping individuals and organizations to lift performance. So I absolutely love that. And I am a consultant, coach, trainer, and a mediator. So I'm a qualified neutral for the state of Minnesota where I live. Wow! I love uh, using all those different kinds of tactics to help organizations and leaders to build success.
0: Wow, that sounds very interesting. So you you said a couple of times, I had full-time gigs and then I launched my own. And this is what it's all about, right? We're talking about business stories of success. So what made you decide to launch a business instead of finding a full-time gig doing what you're doing now.
1: Sure. So when I was um, at the U of M and even prior, I always had this idea I wanted to write, and so um, finally this year I published my first book.
0: Oh. Um,
1: and yeah, so five senses for success. But when I went into the business back in 2014, there were a couple of things coming to align at that time for it to be the right time for us. So my husband and I are currently raising our first granddaughter Mm. and she has special needs. So I really needed to embed some more flexibility into my life. And when you have your own business, you can set your own schedule. Obviously, you're working just as much or more as you might in a full time position somewhere, but it's flexible. So I get to take off time during day to do anything I need to with school meetings or things like that. So um, that happened, and I had the idea, the dream that I would have more time to write. At that point in time, yeah, that didn't happen.
0: <laughs> hey, that's how it is when you start your business, right?
1: <laughs> that is true. So I learned, but I eventually did get to the point of getting this first book out and starting now to work on my second. So.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. Now I'm going to just digress. I told you that I do that from time to time, That's and then okay. I'm going to circle back. So you mentioned that you started your business with the hopes of being able to have time to write a book. And then you quickly realized that ain't going to happen <laughs> because when we start businesses, right, it's way more of an investment in time than we anticipate typically. Right. But you said, but I've written my first book and it's important for business owners to know that sometimes when they're starting out, they're so involved that they lose sight of what their original dreams were, right? But when you do it properly, you can get back to your original dream. Isn't that amazing? We we, we start to fashion our business, we get it where we need it to be. And then we can start doing the things that we really want to do when we start our business. So I just like to hear that from you, you know, yeah. that you figured out how to make your business start to work for you as opposed to working for your business. And then you wrote the book five senses and i'm trying to read behind you five senses for success. for success and i'm looking if you're looking at this there we go right up there in, to you know, in any
1: that
0: is beautiful that is beautiful um awesome and you've talked to us about what makes you uh uh, uh an expert in your field because you've done a lot of things but now i'm going to circle i said i was going to sort of digress and then circle okay. back how do we find you? How do we get that book? Do you have a website? Do you have a phone number? How do we reach you?
1: Yes. I have two websites actually. Okay. The first is peer solutions.com solutions with an S at the end. And then the second is by my name, which is Julie Geske Peer, but I removed the hyphen for the website and Julie is J-U-L-I. So it's J-U-L-I-G-E-S-K-E PEer.com. R.com. And both websites can point you to the book. It's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all the places you might expect a book to be available.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. And thank you for spelling out that name first and last, right? Because I was like, you know, now somebody's going to get on the website on the internet and they're going to type P I E R solutions.com <laughs> and they'll all find you. P E E R is the right way. So also appreciate that. And it's important because we need people to find you. Right. Well, so thank
1: you. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, no,
0: I'm, I'm glad to do it. I, I kind of yapped about success in a way by talking about how you fashioned your business to do what you want to do, but that's not your definition of success, maybe. How do you define success?
1: I think it's really, really important for success to be defined by an individual. So I think too often I see people that I might work with, leaders or business owners or what have you try to define it by what they see other people doing and I just don't think that is helpful because we get into that comparison framework which often we find ourselves looking to ourselves as a detriment in that case right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yet we need inspiration to continue to build whatever it is we hope so there's a fine line to to balance there but I think it has to be customized and unique to each individual for me right now Um, My business is at the exact place I want. It's successful. And yet I'm not trying to expand it yet because I can't put more time into it while we're raising our granddaughter. And I know this because she has these special needs. So I'm, I'm intentionally keeping it where it is with the idea as she, she's 11 now. So she's getting older. And as she gets older, I'll be able to continue to scale further. So, um, that's what success is to me right now. Having that flexibility, having um, a business that's, that's doing good work in the world. That's really important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, helping leaders, helping other individuals with their careers. And um, that is how I'm defining it. I'm sure you would have a different definition of success. And the listeners across your platform probably each have their own definition of success. But what I like to caution people about is, you know, looking at another individual, let's say you know um, business owner Y over there, you know, who is making millions, and and I don't know what you might be aspiring to, any of the listeners, but they have all the things you aspire to. When we're comparing ourselves to somebody else who is in a different place than we are, we can actually start to stall our own action out mm. as we think we can't ever achieve that. And I think that's where we can get into a place of not so helpful for what we're aiming for.
0: I like that. I like that. And I completely agree with you. I always say success is internal and everybody has different definitions. I was speaking to a business owner recently and he was talking about success and how he wasn't successful. You know, he hadn't gotten to six figures yet. I said, you know, it's interesting. I have a client that makes that sells millions of dollars of product a year and he feels he's not successful. It's all internal. If he, you know, if you made what, what he made or he made what you made, oh, the world will look so different. But success <laughs> is so very different for each individual, right? And it's what you want it to be. I like that you talked about not a dollar figure, but just the flexibility and what have you. So I'm going to circle back once again, because you talked about that making time to write your book. And, yeah. and so that was that part. That's part of, I imagine, tell me if I'm wrong, part of what you consider your successful business journey thus far. Absolutely.
1: Right? Because I really wanted to, do, to get that book out into the world. And so that is absolutely part of my success. Part of my success is, you know, if I'm defining other parts of mine, I like to work with um, large clients like multinational organizations but I also like to work with small nonprofit organizations and try Mm -hmm. to help them as well. So that's another piece for me. That's really important to success.
0: Nice. Nice. So now here's my question for you. How have you made success possible in your practice or, or how do you make that a reality? What are you doing to do that?
1: Sure. So, um, I definitely have an ebb and flow like many entrepreneurs do where you have like really high levels of time um, where you have a lot of work. And the way I set up my business model today is I intentionally don't have full time employees, but I call upon freelance employees to help me when I have those high level times of business. And for some reason, it seems like every single summer, it's like crazy. So i just finishing that period. (laughs) I don't know why. But so what I do then is when I have those times where there's a little bit less happening, you know, I'm only having, you know, two or three projects going at a time then I try to be more intentional about not taking breaks. So early on, I think I just said, oh, this is fun. I have free time, <laughs> right? Because mm-hmm. I, I came out of the, the full-time working world where it's as a leader and it's very intense and you're working a lot. And I just enjoyed a few years of, oh, I have some freedom. <laughs> but then I realized, That was holding me back from some of my goals. So Mm. I started being more intentional in those lower periods of work about getting some of my work done on my individual goals, the book, and some other things I'm doing as well. So
0: I love that. And that's so true, you know, in accounting, which is where I, I mean, I still do accounting, right, but I try to do this advisory stuff as well. But there's this this peak period of time, tax time. (laughs) Right. <laughs> you're working like a dog and you're crying. And then, you know, there's the tax deadline whenever they choose to have it nowadays and everything stops. <clears throat> and then you're like, I've got time. And the first few years is like, I'm going to just sleep from morning to night <laughs> for the rest of the year, you know? And then when you're like, boy, the business is not growing and those low times when those you have those, I guess we call that the ebb you want to be purposeful. Yes. So if we're going to be successful, we have to be purposeful and mm-hmm. making sure that we are plotting our our goal and then working toward reaching it. And I like the way you put that. Really cool, very cool. And you actually said you learned that after some time.
1: Yeah, I did. It took me a little while. I you know, I'm not always the fastest learner when it comes to my own goals. So I'm really good at making sure I'm delivering exactly what clients need and above. I'm That's like the area I excel in. For some reason, I'm just a little slower on my own goals. And it's something I'm working on.
0: I think the expression is physician heal thyself, right? We always do that, right? I mean, that same thing when I'm giving a advisory services or coaching a client, I'm like, this is what you got to do. Boom, 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 boom. And boom. And I'm gonna help you meet it. And we're gonna and I'm and then myself is like, okay, so today I'm going to do this one thing. And then the day is over and I'm going, Oh, I didn't do that one thing. It's it's harder for ourselves, but we have to start to master it if we're gonna really move forward. So it's nice, nice. Let me ask you this question. Uh, this is a bit off of a little based on what we just talked about. What's one big mistake you made in your business that you'd care to share?
1: Big mistake I made in my business. So I think the mistakes I'll plural that (laughs) that I have made center around. So I do, you know, aspire to growing the business and actually having employees and things like that after our granddaughter's fully raised. So I need to set that platform earlier than when she's raised or even when she's a teenager, if if it, you know, if her development aligns and is possible. right? Right. So, What I my mistakes centered around my lack of confidence to start doing some of the things toward that, for instance, part of what led me to kind of delay getting the book out was my lack of writing time. But part of it was my lack of confidence. So I would work on the book for a while and then I would put it aside because I would think who's going to listen to me? What do I know? What I I have a lot of personal stories in the book, both failures and successes, to help illuminate the concepts I share. And I would question, well, what if I like who's what are people going to think? I don't know what to do with this, you know? So I kept putting it aside. Similarly, with my business, some of the things that as entrepreneurs we know we need to do become more visible, for instance, and put ourselves out there more, for instance. I wasn't doing early on because again, of that lack of confidence. So I'm really um, wishing that I had started earlier on some of those things, uh, taken less of that time off that I mentioned early on when we had some of those ebbs of business. Um, Those are probably the biggest um, mistakes I would say I've made. Uh, I feel very, very grateful that I've had clients just come to me from people I knew in my work world in the past or from recommendations and things. But I, I wanted to become more intentional about building um, and, and focused on the future. What do I aim for in the future?
0: Nice. Nice. So with that said, let me ask you this question because you, 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 you talked about a lot, but you, one of the things that you said was almost like a fear that kind of held you back from making those decisions. So you, you've, oh, you have or are overcoming that, it sounds like. How have you learned from that mistake? Like, What have you done to help to overcome that specific hindrance to your growth? Because that's something that I think a lot of owners, uh, practice owners, business owners, they they struggle with as well, myself included sometimes, right? So how have you overcome that? What have you done? Well,
1: (laughs) it's interesting because I help leaders and others come overcome their own fears. And I sometimes wasn't overcoming my own. So I found, I felt a little bit like I needed to start doing that to be authentic and to be um, kind of walk in the talk, if you will, right.
0: Mm -hmm. And so
1: I really felt it was something I needed to Um, tackle and honestly my fears of being seen were stemmed from something in my childhood and so uh, which I actually or my youth uh, as a teenager I actually did include that story in the book as well and so um, trying to uh, get to the point where I could tackle those fears directly instead of skating around them if you will so sometimes we know we have a fear of something and we might slightly dabble in trying to overcome it, but we aren't direct and head on. And I needed to get direct and head on. I had to deal with that situation. I had to, to try and figure out what I learned from it. Um, I had done therapy and things in the past, so I had definitely done some emotional work as well. Um, but I really had to get more direct and so I interestingly have a fear of flying, but I never let it stop me from traveling pre-COVID, obviously. Um, <laughs> I'm a big travel traveler. I love to go places in the world. And so I started making myself think, okay, if you can overcome that, and I've overcome another big fear that I also share in my book um, that was related to the incident that happened earlier in my life. And to be able to do that in other settings, I had to believe in myself, that I could overcome this one as well. So um, it took a little work, uh, and a lot of time. But um, I would say getting very, very direct about and intentional about tackling it, whatever that looks like for any individual and their own unique fears.
0: Appreciate that. Yeah. So and I agree, I think like our fears are shaped by our history. Mm -hmm. Right. So it sounds like if we're on the same page, we have to find that piece of history that has uh, started to, you know, trigger our fears and then address it. And then when we do that, we can start to reshape it. Mm -hmm. So it's not easy. It takes time, takes effort. But once you do that, boy, it can propel you to a lot of different things.
1: It can. And what's interesting is the more you practice um, things that take you beyond that fear. So for instance, when I first started doing podcast interviews earlier this year, it was really hard for me to kind of be seen and be, put myself out there and be heard in some cases. And um, it, it's gotten easier with each one that I've, I've gotten myself into. And having put the book out and, and even like marketing things where I'm sharing little tidbits about myself, Every time I do that, I make myself a little more visible. And every time I practice it, it becomes more natural. It's similar to when we practiced walking. If we're so lucky to be able to walk Um, when we were a toddler, how many times did we fall before we could actually walk? We have to practice it before we can do it. And so I keep telling myself, okay, experiment, practice, keep trying, you may fall, you may wish you hadn't said X, Y, or Z, or, um, you know, already in my book, I wish I had written some things differently, which I hear is a pretty common thing for authors. But if you don't put the practice in, you don't get to the comfort. And so the practice leads to the comfort.
0: Uh, I like it. And it's probably true for every part of business. You know, the more you do the things that you might not like, but are required, boy, it can change things. So you have to do it. And I, I think we learned that over time. Like you said, there's certain, you know I call it like grooves. There's certain grooves that I love in my business. And I can do that all day. And they're the things that I hate. And ooh, it's a struggle to get that part done. But if I don't do those things, then how do I grow. So everybody has to think about that when we're running our businesses. You wanna make sure that you practice the things you don't like. Yes,
1: absolutely. Because <laughs> that's how
0: you get over it. You get better at it. You get efficient at it you can stop those things that hinder you. I like that. Let me ask you this, because you you are a coach or a mentor, you know, and I I do the same. But I have also had mentors. I've had coaches. I have a coach. Do you have a coach? Do you do you benefit from a coach? How do you how do you think they contribute to your success?
1: Hmm. Well, I have a coach, yes. And it is a coach that is further along in business. So that helps me to think bigger. Uh, it, that coach is helping me to challenge me to not keep playing small. Actually, I have a couple, maybe one more of a mentor, one more of a coach. Um, and And that is probably my big area of work right now to do, you know, to try not to Keeps playing small, if you will. Um, So, yes, I think that's very helpful. And it's also helpful as an accountability partner because sometimes we, well, like I talked about earlier, we put aside our own goals to do the work that needs to be done for our clients. And it's harder to do that if you have somebody every week or every two weeks checking in on you to say, did you finish those? I call them action items that you said you were going to do. And You get more done that way, I think, by having that accountability partner.
0: I like that. Um, And it's so true. That's that's a lot of what coaching and and advisory is, is the accountability part. But I want to, if you don't mind, you have a few more minutes. I mean, I I don't want to take up too much time. I want to just talk a little bit about a phrase you just used. I had never heard of it before until one of my my last coaches, I've had a couple, like in the past, you know, a couple of years, I think you evolve in coaching. Sometimes you may have the same one for many, many years, and some serve certain purposes, but he used a term and I had never heard of it before. Now you've used it. So I'd love for you to explain it. Playing small. What does that mean to you?
1: So for me, per, and this is a very personal definition in this case, um, for me, I feel very grateful and um, appreciative that I've been given a lot of gifts uh, in my life and I'm very spiritual. So I say by God, and um, I, one of my like root desires in life is to make sure I'm using those talents I was given to make a positive impact in the world. And I'm doing that with clients. I'm doing that with people that I know through um, volunteerism. Um, I I do a lot of things to try and give back to the world. Uh, But I think there's still opportunity for me to do more. And I think that fear that I talked about earlier that I'm slowly kind of continuing to overcome. And I do think it's overcoming. You had used overcome, overcame or overcoming. I still think I'm overcoming. Mm that fear. But I think I need that challenge to step into the gifts that I've been given, and the, the, um, the education, the experience that I've amassed, and really try to step up what I'm doing. And that's what I mean by being playing small. And I think that would be a definition that could differ by people. I don't know what it means to you, for instance
0: well that's interesting because yeah that that term is interesting because i had never thought about it before and my coach follows it up with playing small and he says you don't play small you stand in your strength Mm -hmm. and so when i think about playing small it actually ties into my fears right like you mentioned before and so when i play small i don't stand up and say what needs to be said when i'm coaching a client and so you know how it is you work with certain clients some some clients are they call them type a personalities
1: (laughs) yes they are So i have
0: a type a personality and i need to give him a piece of advice but i'm playing small i won't tell him what he needs to hear i don't want to i don't want to ruffle his feathers and i and i'm not even positive it's going to work and if it doesn't work then then what's he going to say and what's he no don't don't play small stand in your strength You think it's going to work, you lay it out, you tell the type A personality, with all due respect and all of that, but you stand in your strength. And we apply that to a lot of things in business. I don't like to market because I don't know if I'm really good at it. And I don't, you stand in your strength. I'm going to do it. And it just changes the mindset that I have when I'm conducting business, when I'm dealing with clients, even when I'm conducting podcasts.
1: Yes. (laughs) <laughs> I
0: never did this before, you know, I never reached out to business owners and said, Hey, would you like me to interview you? Like, who am I to interview? Then I was I thought about it, and it's just standing in strength, right. Yes. And it, and I, I think that's also why I make it collaborative. It's a little easier when I'm just vibing with somebody. But it, you know, I, I found that strength. And so in business for owners, you know, who are starting out who might have certain struggles, uh, a great piece of advice is to standing or don't play small right Right. standing your strength i like those
1: together yeah
0: yeah and a good coach they might not use those exact words Mm -hmm. but that's what they're helping you to do
1: absolutely because we need that if
0: we're going to advance right and so i like that you use that term uh, you know coaches have certain vernacular that's common maybe but i had not heard that and i've been in business for almost 20 years and had not heard playing small and when he said it i was like Ooh, I'm a small player. (laughs) 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 I said, let me change that a little bit. So I I like that. But coaching is valuable for things like that. All right. So (laughs) let me ask you one more question or or maybe two. Okay. What advice would you give a brand new business owner?
1: Mm -hmm. My advice to a brand new business owner? Well, I would say first, before you're a new business owner, prepare ahead of time. Because Mm. I see some of my like other people I know who own their own business who didn't prepare kind of a nest egg to work off of to start with because you have to invest in your business to start. So prepare ahead of time, mentally be, um, you know, preparing financially, but also preparing for the different work styles. You have to be a self-motivator. How are you going to do that if that's not your natural tendency and things like that? So prepare ahead of time. But then once you're in your business, I would say, watch your personal brand. Let me explain what I mean by personal brand. Mm -hmm. I think that business owners often focus on um, the overt parts of their brand. So they're thinking their marketing items, their websites, their whatever they're putting together to publicize their business. That's kind of over. But I think it's really, really critical to pay attention to the covert portions of your personal brand. How do I deliver? Do I always follow through when I have promised to? What is my reputation? both with the people I've worked with in the past and now the new mm-hmm. clients I'm serving. Because like I said earlier, I have gotten a lot of business just from people I know that I have been I have worked around in the past when I was um, excelling in workplaces and with clients that I would serve through some of those organizations. And so that personal brand had been strong because I was um, very credible, I guess, in right. delivery. So delivery is key and you know that's going to be different for each business owner depending on what they're providing. But I think it's really important to pay attention to that side as well because some of the people I know who struggle may be excellent at some of those overt things, maybe less excellent at some of those covert things and they can actually cause problems for you down the road. because what do we want as business owners? We want referrals. How do we get referrals? We deliver, we are, we follow through, we provide excellent service. We over deliver whenever we can. And that's how we get those referrals later. So I like
0: it. I like it. Personal branding. You know, it's not just for the big boys. Each one of us has a brand. So I like that. I like that. Let me ask you this last question. I said I'm one or two. (laughs) You told me I can get to two. So (laughs) Uh, if you can go back right before you started your business, what advice would you give yourself?
1: I would, I would hone in on do some more work on tackling your fear, my fear, you know, Mm. because it took me a while to get there. So I would have been better served if I had already done some of that work prior that could have been part of my preparation to go into my own business that I did not do as effectively as I could have I certainly had overcome it to a degree right right a degree, yeah. um but I needed to do more work in that arena and I would have done some of that in my preparation phase
0: I like that I like that but fortunately enough it didn't stop you from becoming a successful owner yeah, so, that's awesome. Awesome. Hey, I want to just thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciated it. I think you gave us a lot of gems to consider. And thank I, I and, and you gave me a good reminder, right? Don't don't play small. I have <laughs> to stand in my strength each and every day, right? I agree.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Even mm-hmm. when we're successful, what our personal version of success is, we have to keep working at maintaining it. Mm -hmm. So we have to keep those things in mind. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.
1: And thank you for having me on. I appreciate
0: it. My pleasure. Look forward to seeing you in your continued journey to success. All
1: right.
0: Did you like that interview? Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, Business SOS. And please drop a comment, like us, and share. If you are a successful business owner and would like to be considered for an interview, visit us at mcataxprep.com slash business sos. Fill out our form and we'll reach out to you. Our next story of success will be in two weeks. Don't forget to tune in.